Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. Sometimes when I hear the Southern River Band boys playing, I just wonder what Mark Reddings would have been like with a big mop of hair slaying away in the crowd. You are on the shoulder footy cast. Will Schofield, Mark Reddings with you. G'day, Skeet. Hey, yeah, g'day, Scoey. And, uh, well, actually, Kiss is coming to town. I was a huge Kiss fan growing up, put the makeup on. So, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm, really? Yeah, they were huge. And I've got to tell you, they were outstanding. They haven't aged because when you've got makeup on, no one knows how old you are. Uh, great to be here. I know I'm formally dressed today, but I have to say, I just got a text from um, Larry and Leggy, and he said that uh, the flag metal tops, which you've been trying to flogging beautifully for the past three weeks, they were $52.50 retailing yesterday at about $3.45. They've just dropped fractionally to $12.90, so just a little bit of a drop in the value. Larry from Leggy, and I'll tell you what, that's very good from you, Skeet. Yes, I am aware. I was watching the Carlton Collingwood game. Yes, I was going for Carlton. Not, Me too. Not because of flag mantle, which I'm wearing. A couple of these spare out the back here at Backchat Studios, but I, I wanted Frio to finish top four for West Australian people. So we are going to cover that today. It's a West Australian theme here on the Shelter Footy Cast. We'll go through West Coast, we'll go through Fremantle. Uh, you can follow us on socials, Shelter Footy Cast on Instagram, footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au is our email. If you want to send us any sort of uh, you know freebies, that's where to do that as well. Uh, shelterbrewing.com.au, our beer. You can find Find it there and find us and watch us on YouTube or listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. Shelter, born and brewed in Bustleton. Let's get through the round, the final round. I can't believe we're here. Um, some people, I have seen a couple of emails come through. Oh, we're going to miss the show. This is going to keep rolling. Don't, don't worry about, it's not just, just... Well, I will. I'll keep rolling. You just uh, disappear <laughs> to Europe tomorrow, but that's that's another story for another time. Well, we can talk about that now. Simon Beaumont's in the house. He's out the back. He's come in. He's going to be subbing in for myself, Will Schofield. So... Oh, look, I'm sure you two will cover footy, but you two could actually have a five to ten minute segment on Dress Sense at the start I'm of the show. I better say, it's a like-for-like like replacement when it comes to Dress Sense, so it'll be really good. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Very good. So, yeah, I'll be out the door on Tuesday, but let's get into the week that was. Some big moments, uh, of course, uh, just, just gone. Like, it was a really big week of footy, not alone um, the last weekend of footy, but... Clarkson goes to North Melbourne. I'm pretty sure words that came out of my mouth, something of the effect of why on earth would you go to North Melbourne? But um, considering what's happened in Essendon, why on earth would you go to Essendon? He goes to North Melbourne. He summed it up pretty well, didn't he, when he talked about why. He said, well, Essendon uh, came to the party really late in the last sort of week. Um, if I'm going to do my due diligence on picking a footy club to go to, I need more than a week. And and. I have to say that all the word coming out of Victoria is at North Melbourne. Sonia Hood, the chairman, or the the president, has has done a terrific job in wooing uh, Alistair Clarkson. In essence, what's happened here is that uh, Alistair Clarkson uh, is is there and he's decided that Essendon has come late in the piece and wanted to date his girlfriend. And he said, no, no, I'm staying with my girl. (laughs) I've got. I've decided on that, and I was. I'm getting married. Yeah, you know, as I say, show, I showed, showed a bit of leg, but no, no, I'm, I'm staying with my girl, and that's what he's done. And kudos to him, even though that girl is. I tell you what, there's some work to do for yes. them to get their relationship yes. where they want it. But I mean, you know, if Essendon's a girl, she's seen a few fellas in the, in the last 
period case. of time as well. Basket so yeah, case, yeah. Yep. So if we're talking about Let's in those terms, we go, yeah. exactly right. That's why I'm trying to keep it PJ here. Um, I will say not much was covered, or I certainly didn't see a lot on the fact that Clarkson played for North Melbourne. I knew he played for North Melbourne, but that was the thing I took out of the press conference. Yes, he spoke about Essendon's late play and he, he gave them some respect, but in reality it wasn't going to happen. His connection to North Melbourne as a young man, as an 18, 19-year-old, he spoke about the loss of his brother um, and then effectively he was off the rails. He didn't say those words, but he said mischievous. But he said that the support he copped at um, North Melbourne under Dennis Pagan as one of his coaches um, and probably the administration there at the time really meant something to him and they helped him when he was in a bad way and perhaps now's the time that you know, one of the best coaches over the modern era, the last 20 years, it's his chance to give back to the North, North Melbourne Football Club. And if you take him at his word, which he seems like a man of his word, that's a big, big thing that probably outweighs everything, outweighs money, outweighs contract length, outweighs list. He wants to help the North Melbourne Footy Club. Yeah. I mean, the other element of this story is what's happened at Essendon with Ben Rutten. It's been really difficult to watch, and I don't know yeah. the guy, but he looked on Saturday night after the loss to Richmond completely broken. He was emotional at Essendon. And we've said this before, when David Teague was put in a similar position by Carlton, uh, how do clubs get to the point where they allow uh, good people to get put in those situations where it's humiliating? And, and Rutten's going to get a $600,000 payout, but of course he won't get a as a senior coaching job in the short term. I'd be staggered if someone like even Alistair Clarkson doesn't pick him up as an assistant. But what happens now is who coaches Essendon? Because uh, David Barham has come out saying essentially they need an experienced coach. Well, if you look around, James Hurd has been mentioned, which seems an extraordinary uh, time warp uh, position. Look, I hate to say it, the name that comes to mind as, as an obvious possibility, experienced, could potentially look after the coterie groups and, and control what is a, a bit of a fractious football department. Kevin Sheedy. Not Sheeds. Sheeds on the board, and Kevin knows uh, where that's <laughs> gone in the last few yes. weeks. Does Ross Lyon get another job? So, I think no. I uh, heard him on Triple M yesterday. Some of the best radio I've heard for a fairly long time. He gave a full debrief of what happened when he left St Kilda and into Fremantle. I'd never heard it before. He spoke for 15 minutes. Uh, we know what happens in commercial radio. They've got ads to get to and breaks and credits. It was just Ross Lyon speaking for 15 minutes. It was unreal. And uh, Jay Clark, who was on that program, asked him directly, would you coach Essendon? He didn't say no, but he said it sounds like and feels like they want an Essendon person. Cool. Um, Gee, that narrows the field a bit. Yeah, correct. So if he's out, Buckley's said no. He's, he's come out and said, no, I was trying to think of experienced coaches that have come out in the past you know, period of time that would be available. Don Pike is one name that I thought. Leon Cameron is Ken another. Ken Hinckley, maybe? Ken Hinckley, but he's contracted. He's, and he's, he's committed. I don't Do you, know if you leave him. Per, they, they cannot. They cannot, just quickly, they cannot be narrowing their field down to Essendon people. Uh, you've got a very, as I say, apart from Sheeds, it was 24 years uh, in the making yeah. at, at Essendon. Uh, who else has got senior coaching experience? I mean, I'll tell you who might be. I just uh, Now that I think of it, Dean Solomon wouldn't be. Yep. Again, he, he hasn't had any senior coaching experience, but he's been an assistant for a long time. But, gee, they're a mess. They're a basket case. Absolutely. Um I did want to touch on this one just quickly if we can sure. finish on that one. Um, I'm trying to remember who you took. Um, it was, there was a player and an incident that you weren't happy with, Stephen May. Um, so Stephen May, 
um, that whole thing. You said maybe there's some off-field stuff that's gone on with him and, you know, things that have been said and you you, you weren't happy with sort of his behaviour. I'm going to take aim at Zorko and I, I very, very rarely do this. From what I've heard and what I've read and what I've seen, again, mistakes happen on the football field and, and it's white, white line fever sometimes and I, I can be the first to put my hand up and say that that happens and I'm not going to hold someone, you know, at, you know, at firing squad for saying something that they didn't mean. Um, but if you go and do that, so less about what was said. I, I think I do know what was said. It was less about that because heat of the moment things happen and I can say that. Can we, can we safely say without being specific that it had to do with the relative yes. of, of Harrison? Pitt. Yeah, I mean, everyone said that, right? So I don't really want – we don't know, we don't know that no. either, right? So we, we weren't out there. That's what I want to speak about that. But if that's what's happened, clearly something was said. Harrison Petty was crying. Um, Zorko was apologising after the game. So clearly something's happened. If that goes on and you're the captain of a footy club – Get in front of a camera and put your hand up and say, I stuffed up. Don't put out a, a press release written by a media person at Brisbane, just the most cliche bull dust stuff that comes out. I, 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 mate, it, you have to – if you've really royaled, royally stuffed up, which it sounds like he has, put your face to it and put your hand up. I, I reckon there's less speculation and less people coming at him from the shadows if he gets in there and says – this is what happened. I don't want to speak about exactly what was said. I said something I shouldn't have on the field. I put my hand up. I'm the leader of this footy club. Not good enough. I, 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 just a written press release is just garbage for mine. Question with that notice. The Zorko and an on-field apology of sorts. Gee, it brings back against North Melbourne. It might have been Brett Harvey going back a few years ago. So I don't think, I stand corrected, I don't think it's the first time he's been involved in nothing to this level, of course. But yeah, he's a captain. He's 33. Uh, is there any chance he'll lose his... Role as skipper next year, yeah. You, you would think that that would be severely under threat. Not not only because of that though, because of his age, because of Brisbane's list position. But I just would have liked to have seen a stronger media presence from Dane Zorka. That's all. Fair yeah. enough. So and uh, and again, I re reiterate: things happen on the football field. Things happen in life that you can't take back, but you can take accountability. Um, more so than a written statement. I, I just I, I didn't like how it he happened. might be doing stuff privately with. Well, let's hope so. Yeah, yep. let's hope so. Um, finals week one matchups: Geelong play Collingwood, Fremantle play the Bulldogs, uh, Brisbane play Richmond, Melbourne play Sydney. Um, the dates and times of those: Frio playing Saturday night, six here. ten p.m. at uh, Optus Stadium. Geelong Collingwood's the twilight game on that Saturday, two thirty-five WA time. Brisbane Richmond is the Thursday game, which is I think five twenty our time on Thursday week. And then you've got Melbourne Sydney with the nightclub music in, uh, in the background. <laughs> uh, that is uh, Friday night at the MCG uh, at five fifty. I think will be the, the the bounce down for that. So. There's our four matches. Some mouth-watering matchups, if you don't mind. You're on the uh, Shelter Footy Cast. Will Schofield, Mark Reddings. Let's get into the Western side of things. West Coast and Frio wrap for the weekend. I want to start on West Coast and get them done and dusted because their season is over. It's Monday. The boys will be on Mad Monday. That's not really a thing anymore because uh, of everything. You know, they'll, they'll be having a few beers, I think, quietly. But... They've got a waffle side still playing in the waffle, so half the team will be separated. Um, you know, it's very different times to back in the day where everyone would be costumed up and on their Mad Monday. West Coast aren't aren't that, but for a lot of their players, the season's over. They finish in Geelong. Um, it's just a morbid place down there for the <laughs> Eagles. They've lost by a couple of nineties in the past. It was it was looking competitive and okay for most of the game, but a complete blowout in the end, 85 points to Geelong, and they march into finals. West Coast, 
pack their bags. Yeah, nothing surprised us about that game, did it, really? No. Um, we saw Jamie Cripps. Congratulations, 200 games to him. He was uh, pretty good for them. Paddy Dangerfield, 300th match. Uh, they did what they had to do. They've got a couple of... Uh, Saw bodies after that round of footy, Geelong, but they've got a, a fortnight to get themselves right. I think it's exactly what they needed with no Jeremy Cameron there. Tom Hawkins bobs up with four goals. Yeah, he does. So Colin Jasny was subbed out with a concussion, but I guess that's one positive about the bye. You know, you will get players back. Uh, Junior Rioli was subbed out of that game with abdominal issues. Um, so we saw a bit of Greg Clark. Uh, Cam Guthrie, probably the biggest injury of the day because I think he's one of their better players through the midfield. He copped a weird knock in his shoulder area. It wasn't a traditional AC. It was sort of a knock in the middle of his arm, which I was trying to figure out what that would actually be. But he he looked in a lot of discomfort. So keep your eyes on that one uh, across the next couple of weeks because I don't think it's that traditional just stinger and they get up the next week. It it didn't look good for him. And for the Eagles, uh, to my understanding, some exit interviews tomorrow. So there'll be some players learn their fate most likely or definitely uh, as of about 24 hours from now. Uh, They've got... Uh, Friday, the John Walsall medal. We'll preview that on Thursday. Yep. Gee, it's a tough. I was speaking to Tyson Beattie from the Eagles. He's had to put through a round by round on the big screen. He said, holy dooly, this is a tough job this year. Um, you think <laughs> of some of the results that have come their way and um, the fans, who, the supporters who get Struggling there. Struggling for highlights. Yeah, that's an understatement of the year. So uh, no love for the Eagles uh, at the end of, uh, it's been a tough year and Nick Nat's going, undergoing knee surgery, we believe, and there's going to be a, uh, a lot of, investigation into their, their list and how they've gone about it in the past 12 to 18 months. And, yeah, I mean, they're not going to panic, but they certainly do have to make some changes. Can't, can't believe only one player at this stage, Josh Kennedy, yes. retiring. That, that's that's where we're at. It, it, mm. it seems we're – I mean, well, on that, though, because I can I give you my preemptive top sure. three because I won't be here Thursday. Um, on that point, I think Shannon Hearn will be a top three, best True. and fairest. So – he can't retire, surely, after – because he's been consistent again. He does his role. He'll get votes. He played almost every game. He missed a couple of injury. Um, so he'll be up there. I think Tim Kelly finishes in the top three. I think the, the top three will be Tom Brass, mm. win. Tim Kelly second. Shannon Hearn third. That's mine. So on retirements, Shannon Hearn's not retiring. Luke Shuey's the captain. You know, that, that he's got a one-year deal. He's going on. Yep. So uh, Jack Redden, his body's a bit banged up, but I think he wants to play on. Yep. Nananui. He'll be going. He's the he's the big watch in in brief. He's the big watch for next year because his knees no good. Uh, he needs to lose some weight for mobility. But of course, to my understanding, he can't lose that weight because he can't get the mo- the, the run into his legs to, to to get as mobile as he's like. That's what my understanding is. So might mean might need to teach him how to swim. He's not a very good swimmer, and we might need to get him in the pool <laughs> over preseason get a couple of kilos maybe, off him. Maybe when he's got the the bub in hand, or is that? Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's all happening over at Natanui Household. So we'll see how he goes. Uh, West Coast done and dusted. Clearly a disappointing season. Um, I'm not sure if you boys will touch on them at all. Maybe a bit of a you know a review of their season on Thursday. But um, thank God that's over. Fremantle defeat GWS by twenty. Points, a really big victory. Now, I know, I know GWS finished 16th. They're not a good side. You still have to beat them, and and they clearly were motivated by ruining or displacing Fremantle's final top four side hopes. Um, GWS were leading by about 30 points at one stage. Fremantle turn it all around, win by 20. A big victory on the road, which they've never done. They have never won outside of Western Australia in the history of their football club in the last round of the year. They have won an away game, 
but it was a derby. <laughs> <laughs> so Fremantle, um, big win for them, I think. It is, and what it does do is, given the fortnight break, they've got some sore bodies. Griffin Logue was a late withdrawal from that game. Matt Tabiner, uh, of course, Rory Lobb didn't play either. So all those those yep. forwards, they get a bit of time to get some, get some uh, continuity and some training. You said... Potentially Nat Fife in the waffle. Well, that's Justin Lomu saying that. Not yep. most, so, so that the Peel Thunder side play the Eagles this week, and Nat Fife had a nearly game in the words of uh, the coach of Fremantle, and he, he looked good at times, but just needs. He looks rusty. That's the bottom line. He looks rusty. Does he play for Peel this week? I, I don't think so. I, I said to you the last time. I think he plays for Peel. I think Matt Sim for him might be the best option. Just so we know the waffle requirements, you can't just. Fremantle can't roll in 12 players that they want to get a run into. They need, you need to be either coming off injury and missed a large portion, um, you know, fighting for selection or not in the team. You, they can't just play Andrew Brayshaw, no. you know. So, so there is certain requirements. I think Nat Fife will meet that if they do want to play him. But, well, I didn't think he was going to play when he, you know, should have probably played. So I'll have to say he's not going to play. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him play. Yeah. Look, anyway – but end of the day, uh, Caleb Sarong was the guy that got them yep. really humming. He was terrific. Uh, Michael Walters, three goals in his 200th game. So uh, it was pretty. It was a mature performance by them, I thought, to, to come back from five, five goals down. They won essentially kicking away. Question to you, do you think they showed against, say, the Bulldogs, um, back at home here and then away against the Giants and the Derby, enough to suggest that they're going to be very competitive in the finals? Yes, and and um, my jumper says that also. Flag mantle. <laughs> I will add they were in the top four until uh, a minute twenty to go yeah, in the season. But I'm talking about the way they've been playing the, the last yeah. month. The Bulldogs got them back into that sort of uh, yeah. style that we've become accustomed. Yeah, to. Yeah, so I think uh, I wrote an article on Code Sports about this. I think they've changed. Um, they lost some games to some good sides. Sydney, Melbourne drew against Richmond after the bye. Um, I think they lost to Carlton. Uh, I could. Could be wrong. I could be wrong there, but they lost to some good sides and they weren't playing the brand of footy that they did in the first half of the season. I think they are now, which has never been a 10-goal win type team, high scoring, high octane. Yes, they're exciting when they move the footy when playing well, but they defend well. And I think they're defending well right now. Um, It's built on pressure. It's built on team defense. It's built on a system of play that, similar to Collingwood, they're not going to run away from teams. So I think they are back to certainly towards their best. Some things happened over the last month that were you know, great little um, – see you later, Simon Beaumont. Good to see you, mate. We'll see you on Thursday. Um, some great things that I think coming into finals, they they happened close enough to finals to, to actually fix and remedy. So to answer your question, yes, I think they can be dangerous. They beat the Bulldogs in their first final. They play Geelong a, or Collingwood. Yep, they play a Geelong or Collingwood in a semi at the G. Imagine if that's Geelong. Imagine if that's Geelong. Geelong haven't. I mean, Geelong have not been good in qualifying finals. You get them at the MCG. Hey, you win that. You play well. They've won more more games away from home this year than at home. So maybe they didn't want to have a couple of shots at home. Maybe they wanted <laughs> oh, to get out of give WA. It, hey, give us a break. Flag man, blackchatpodcast.com.au forward slash merch. Let's just get let's just get across to the Bulldogs first. If you want if you want to wear your flag mantle stuff at the first final at Optus Stadium against the Bulldogs, you might want to get an order in because as much as Larry from Liam Bruggen, no La- Larry from Leggian, Leggian. 
As much as Larry is holding stock, there's not a lot left. Backchatpodcast.com.au forward slash merch. Um, that's it. The Frio West Coast. We're going to get into the rest of the round. Shelter Footycast, Mark Reddings, Will Schofield. <laughs> Melbourne defeat Brisbane by 58 points on Friday night. It was a absolute fizzer. I thought it was going to be the game of the round other than Collingwood-Carlton. Um, Melbourne... Uh, I believe. Did you pick Brisbane? Absolutely. They yeah. were pathetic. Yes, yes, they were. I would say they were less pathetic than Melbourne were outstanding. This is the Melbourne side that wins finals. Yeah, no, huge. And it was from the first bounce, essentially. Yeah. This game was controlled by Melbourne. They were outstanding. Uh, what they did up at the Gabba, which they've done against Brisbane for a while now, uh, Brisbane liked to try and use the ball through the corridor. They just denied them that. that. And when they did try and pull the trigger... Uh, they turned it over. So, uh, so many nice signs for, for the Melbourne Footy Club. And they head into the qualifying final against Sydney, looking as dangerous as any other team in the competition at the moment. They set themselves through this game. I saw the players interviewed after the game. You saw them in the rooms, the way they sung the song. You can tell a lot by that. It might seem stupid, but you can see when you just get a win and they just stand there and sing it and go and get their power raids and sit in the corner. They were screaming their song. Brisbane, one of the best first quarter teams in the comp. So Melbourne knew that and wanted to start well, and they did. And um, it doesn't go well for Brisbane. Answorth will miss, Rayner will miss. Um, how did you see that tackle with Rayner and Brown in the middle of the ground on the cricket pitch? Did you see it? Yeah. No. So Ben Brown, big guy, takes the tackle on. Rayner, stocky, strong guy, put him in a double arm tackle. Um, used his momentum in it, so they sort of swung around and they landed on the cricket pitch and Ben Brown's face hit the ground. And so there's blood coming out everywhere, there's bruising. It, it wasn't ideal that his head hit the ground, but it wasn't the typical slinging yep. two-action tackle. Um, I think I think Rayner's probably unlucky, but he'll uh, potentially miss the first final because of that. And he's a you know big piece in their puzzle. And they come up against Richmond in the first final, which you've been banging on about Richmond for a long time, not the team you want to be facing. No, no. Uh- and the great thing for Melbourne is that they're, they're big names. Oliver with 30 touches, 13 clearances. Uh, they started to really hum. Uh, Bailey Fritch with four goals. Because uh, I pick it with four as well. Brown with three. So they're getting a good spread of goal kickers, just what they need. And, and you just feel that they have clicked back into gear at the right time. That you know could have been so much different. The Melbourne-Carlton game could have changed seasons for a lot of clubs. Uh, I will add Jared Berry. Uh, did an all-time ankle. Like, he did it, and within two minutes, they were strapping up. I couldn't believe they were strapping it up. It it was huge. So I've done a lot of ankles in my time. It didn't look like he had them strapped, which is very old school. Why don't you have ankles strapped? But I strap my ankles every game, every training session. My my, my trainers kept me in the game. I used to love them. I used to have my trainer that used to strap my ankles all the time. Um, It doesn't stop you from doing ankles. Strapping ankles does not stop you from rolling your ankle, but it stops severe ones because it gives you a bit of proprioception down your ankle. So when you do roll them, I used to roll them all the time, it, it just it gives you almost a reminder to, to right yourself or to, to get yourself in a better position. So I was surprised he didn't have them strapped and he, it was a bad ankle. So I, I, ankles are difficult to get up from. I don't know if he plays in round one either. And what does proprioception mean? You want to get an uh, Oxford Dictionary definition or Will Scott's definition? Just a layman, no, for someone like me. Proprioception is sort of, it's like that. It's like a mental reminder. In, it, it, it's not okay. So, non proprioception device would be like having a plaster cast that your ankle cannot bend. Proprioception is like a reminder to your brain hey, your ankle's not in the right posi- position here. You need to right yourself. So, the, the tape sends a reminder to your brain. 
So it's it's I would say it's close enough to mindset. This is a footy cast, but uh, Scully's turned this into. Uh, uh, the young doctors, uh, some medical. <laughs> the young uh, doctors, no, I've <laughs> watched that. Okay, very good. Well, you've gone, you've started the weekend well. You picked. Uh, yeah, right. You picked Freo, I'm assuming, surely, and you picked Geelong, but you picked Brisbane. Well done. Yeah. Gold Coast defeat North Melbourne by 67 points. Both picked Gold Coast. Um, I, I, I forgot to mention last week, whoever wins this tipping round wins the entire Turn season. Turn it up. <laughs> um, we both picked Gold Coast, North Melbourne. I actually did think North Melbourne might, I don't know. You did, you always tipped them. I always, yeah. I always pushed you to tipping them. Yeah, I just thought, I don't know, <laughs> Clarkson come how much? And... How much work has Clarkson got to do? Let's be honest. This is going to be a – okay, he's, in, in brief, the yeah. game was, was a one-sided affair and I don't think there's much point going into the, the in-depth. Yeah. Do you think Clarkson will succeed at North Melbourne and get them to the eight in five years? Yes. Yep. Oh, I, I heard him speak on uh, 360 about the list, and they've got some very good midfielders. Um, L, L, uh, L-U-D? L, L, no, L-D-U. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Davies Yunaki. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Keep going. What? You tell me. Is that no. his name or not? <laughs> hey? <laughs> UDL guy, yeah. UDL. <laughs> UDL. Uh, they've got Taron Thomas playing in the VFL at the moment. He's a star. I'm not sure what's going on there that mismanagement. Uh, they didn't want to play Horn Francis the last couple of weeks. So they're, they're, they're right there. Uh, Jai Simpkins, another one. So there's four guys. They've they've had some um, high draft pick, Will, uh, not Will, but definitely Powell. Powell, yes. Um, so there's five really young midfielders that he will grow into great midfielders. They're high draft pick, high talent. Um, it's a difference between coaching a side with no talent and having to put some system in place to get them you through. You reckon they've got? See, I, I, I'm not sure they've got the talent to bounce that quickly. I, I, you, you're even trying to five find years not, quick, not Luke quick Davies Uniac. I mean, you've got guys that Powell have been in the system for a little bit. Look, I, I, I hope you're right, but recycled premiership coaches don't always. Provide. I mean, we saw Malcolm Blight go across and, and do a great job at Adelaide. Five um, five years isn't a short time. I no, it isn't that. a short time. But gee, there's a lot of faith in Clarko. Yeah, he's probably it's it's it, the only way's up, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. Way is up. Yeah, because like you can't you can't go any worse than they're going. So I would say that that is a positive for him. He's going to be backed in and see how you go. Right. Yep. Okay. Very good. Richmond defeat Essendon by sixty six points. No shocks here. Essendon given up really. Uh, there was some. Good moments in this game, though, particularly Michael Hurley. Um, I saw Jack Rewalt speak about this. So they've got a deep connection with Ben Rutten, the Richmond Footy Club. Mm. He was a coach there. Um, with two minutes to go, I believe the Richmond back line left Hurley open deliberately uh, to allow him a chance to get a mark. That, that, you don't see that very often in professional sport at all, let alone AFL. I thought it was pretty special by Richmond and they celebrated with him as if he was one of their own. I, I thought that was mm. one of the better moments of the year, to be honest, by Richmond. Pretty classy. Yeah, absolutely. It was his first game, Michael Hurley, in I think 700 days. It's his last game, of course, as well. So a uh, sad but not a celebration for him to get out there and enjoy doing what he was very good at for a long time. Tom Lynch uh, kicked five goals. He's starting to look like... Uh, 
the best forward in the competition. He's kicked 20 goals, 21 goals in the last he four He might be weeks. all Australian, but gee whiz, he's, he's the informed forward. It looks like he's done his groin or at least has a, has a, um, a you know, slight issue there. He was subbed out late in this game. That'll be an absolutely gigantic loss to the Richmond Tigers if he can't get back and play. Um, they showed a picture of him. He did have ice around his hammy, but I reckon it's a groin. So... The thing with groins, I know this is turning into a bit of a medical, uh, you know. No, you're doing it beautifully. The, the thing with groins is, um, in opposed to a hamstring, you can't you can't get through a hamstring in a game. You either done it or you you haven't. Groins, it's a big body of muscle, and so sometimes depending on where the issue is, the rest of the muscle will take over, and you can actually get through. Um, at eighty percent, seventy percent, you can't do that with a hamstring. If you've got if you've got a hamstring issue, you can't play. So almost hoping that it's a groin issue. Maybe you can stay deeper, close to home, still be a threat for Richmond. Um, but they get it done against Essendon, who that they will just be thanking everyone every that their season's over. They've almost been. I think you made the Essendon's been. I think I might have actually. Essendon's been the most disappointing club. Of the year for mine. Close to it. I mean, they played finals last year. They finished 15th this year. I mean, Rutten in his first season gets them into finals. Misses this year. The off-field issues with the club uh, are, are quite extraordinary, um, unprecedented, I think, uh, for for clubs at this time of the year to, to be self-imploding like they are. So uh, the Bombers, thank goodness, it's all over. Okay, so we both got the tip right there. Port Adelaide defeat Adelaide in the showdown by 56 points. Not even a contest. Does that say Adelaide next to my name? Yeah, now you were pretty confident on, on the Crows uh, last <laughs> week. And, and I have to say, for Robbie Gray, who I think uh, was yeah. one of the guns of Port Adelaide, probably arguably their best ever player. Modern modern era best yeah. player. Yes, exactly. Yes, you know, Warren Treadray. Oh, Treadray was a genius, yes. Yeah, but, but, but like, and so like Corns, Chad, Chad and Kane. 270 games. games, 373 goals off the top of my head. He was just brilliant. And, and so were Port Adelaide. Look, they've finished the season full of running. And you know what? Go back to zero and five. Yeah. That's what's killed them. Yeah, it has. So I don't know how that happens for a good side. So it potentially makes them not a good side. He's had a great career. Played on him a little bit um, through his career. And he was just dangerous all the time. You, you always felt like you had to be a little bit more anxious being on Robbie Gray. So it's sad to see him leave the game, but good on a positive note. Connor Rosie has been one of the better players in the competition to finish the season. Um, he finishes with 34 touches, five clearances. Uh, goals to Marshall, who's always an interesting player for mine. He's sort of you know, he's not a Tom Lynch to take the game on, but he kicks four goals and he's sort of a real centrepiece for them. Um, you know, and when Dixon's back and playing well, he left the game with a cork, corked leg of some description today. They might actually be a pairing that can go forward. I, I don't think Port Adelaide should be looking to not play finals next year, for instance. I mean, they've, no. they've finished the year and they'll miss finals, but they should be looking for a quick rebound, I'd say. Absolutely. They're, yeah, that's a bounce back really quickly. And it depends what they do. The trade table, drafting-wise, I, I think they... they become automatic top eight. Essendon? Where, where, where do they go? Like we talk about Port Adelaide should be looking for a quick rebound. Are Essendon going to go backwards from where they are now, do you think? Well, I wouldn't be... Because their list isn't strong. I wouldn't be having them as a top eight side. You know, they might do some really good recruiting over the summer. They might pull in a big fish when it comes to a coach. Um, but no, I don't think you can put Essendon and Port Adelaide in the same basket in terms of potential for next year. We did a piece where we said why each team could win the premiership at the start of this year. And I remember speaking about Collingwood and... 
I spoke about they're only four years removed from a side that made the grand final and they have some A-graders, you know, Pendlebury, Darcy Moore, Jeremy Howe's probably close to an A-grader, the Dacos brothers are getting up there. Um, they have, uh, well, at the time Grundy was, you know, somewhere there. They have A-graders. I don't know Essendon. They don't have Jake Stringer. Is, is Parrish? Is Parrish Merritt? and Merritt, like they're ball winners, but are they A-graders? Zach Merritt, when he, I'm sorry, um, who did I say? Stringer. He's when, when he's firing, he can be, but he can also be an F-grade player. Ridley down back. is he? They, I mean, They've like turned him into like a lockdown. I don't know. He wins their best and fairest two years ago mm. as an intercept third tall player. And I saw him play on Josh Kennedy here against West Coast. So, I, I think Draper can be an A-grader. Do you? Oh, well, I think A-grade is probably yeah. – I think he can be a pretty good player. He Draper. can be one of their good players, but I just their list is poor, I think. Western Bulldogs defeat Hawthorne by 23 points. Um this was a good story, the Western Bulldogs. I think it's been glossed over a little bit. I- I'm waiting for you to say, you did pick them, Scoey. They have been your team. You did say they were going to play finals. Yeah, you did, actually. And you did. Kudos to you. Because uh, I saw the footage of the Western Bulldogs players watching the game after yes. they um, <clears throat> yeah, they had the win uh, against... Oh, Collingwood yeah, won. Yeah, correct, yeah. And then like they were going absolutely bananas. They make finals. They come in on percentage... It would have been a hard game to watch Collingwood-Carlton for them because it never looked like Collingwood were winning. Well, not at three-quarter time when they trial by four goals. But look, the Bulldogs, they're a bit of a – they're a team that will go back in their in their mind and go, okay, 2016, Yes, we can still do this. We've got a week to freshen up. We've got the midfield. I don't think they have got a side anywhere near in good a form as they did back then or any momentum. Even last year, they had momentum. They don't have that type of momentum in my, my eyes. They beat the Giants by a goal. They beat Hawthorne by – Three and a half goals. No, they're not playing well enough. Yeah, but two weeks is a long time in footy. Fremantle have a home game here, I know. I just don't know if the Western Bulldogs are it's, – it's fifth v eighth, and I know you said they're not in form. When the Bulldogs play well, I'm not saying they are, they are a very good football team. They have a great midfield. They have a very dangerous forward line. Their, their back line Defense. lets them down. Yeah, but Fremantle doesn't have a forward line, mate, at the moment. So – in terms of a matchup, look, I think Fremantle win, but if Western Bulldogs rock up and they are the sort of side that have been galvanised in the past, not just 2016 when that all happened, but 2021 was the same. They played eight games on the road. They they clearly know a way to come finals, win games. Yeah. And I think they'll be looking at it as a bit of a free pass. They weren't playing until a minute to go in the season. Exactly. And look, I think you're right. They, they can beat Fremantle. They can't win the flag. Just let's put that out. You know that. Yeah, I, yeah, I do. Yeah. But but they are. Yeah, they're a team that can be cheeky and pinch a final. We can don't can Fremantle it. win the flag? No. Oh, no. Well, it's well. I only say that on history. History says, and you're looking at the dominant teams of the competition. Do you think they can go with Melbourne at the MCG? Do you think yes, they can go with Geelong well, at the already, MCG? They've already done both of those teams yeah. this year. In current form. Um, anyway, yeah. I, I just don't think, and that's that's not a knock on Fremantle. I think they've come a long way, but I just don't know if they've taken that next step to join the likes of even, you know, Sydney, July, Collingwood. I mean, Collingwood just put them within two goals at three-quarter time and they're winning. Go Fremantle, Flagmantle, backchatpodcast.com.au forward slash merch. Collingwood defeat Carlton by one point in uh, – it was it – Game was, of the year. It was built up as the game of the year and it executed. It was outstanding. There was – there looked to be 90,000. I didn't know if you saw the crowd, the actual oh, number, but – It was 87-plus. It was – it would just look ballistic. Great. It, it looked, looked great, didn't like, it? Uh, they just kept crossing. There's people crying and screaming and yelling. The and overhead shots. And it just looked like the good old, I want to say the good old days, pre-COVID, yeah. of watching 
two powerhouse clubs oh. go at it. And at times there were mistakes and there was fumbles. And I thought the, the Blues were like bunnies in a headlight in the first quarter. I thought they, they were winning a lot of areas, but they just panicked. Yeah. And, and maybe the pressure of, of Collingwood was in part the reason. Yeah, potentially. Um, yeah, I, I just – Carlton will just be waking up this morning. After two games, they could have beaten, they could have beaten Melbourne the week before and they could have beaten Collingwood and you don't. And that sort of stuff – you might not write it this second, but you will look back on, in your career as a Carlton player and think about twenty twenty two as a year that you lost, yeah, and not not you know four points, uh, the season, the opportunity. You know, once once you don't have the opportunity, it's gone forever. And they had them, and they butchered them absolutely against Melbourne. They didn't know how to save a game against Collingwood yesterday, you could say Collingwood clutch, Carlton choked. Yeah, so that, that, that's what they're saying. In the last couple of minutes, now, we've talked about this before we began this uh, footy cast. They need to score just to force a draw. They're down by a point. Down by a point, um, and they've got the ball. Yeah. And, of course, I think it's Durden yep. who has it right half forward, 60 out thereabouts. The next move, can you talk us through what may have been his thinking in going into the pocket? So the crowd was 88,287, so very good. Thank you for counting those up off the footage or something, Damo. Very good. Now, um, uh, uh, I just want to speak about what mindset you have as a player, right? So one, you don't know how long's left. You know you know, there's not long well, left. You know there's a minute left or under because that, the message gets out pretty quickly. No. It I, does. Well, there's big signs. We can all see it. Mate, I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you. You, can't, you actually can't argue with that. In my time playing, there will be knew. there will be very. You know, there's not long left. Yeah, you don't know there's 50 seconds left. Oh no, no, I'm not saying that. Yeah, but, but the big signs, you not see them on the other side of the ground or not? Sometimes it's difficult. Like, yeah. um, for instance, a grand final, I had we had signs then. I had no, like I had no idea. You, you, when you're in the in the yeah. moment, it, it's sometimes difficult. That's why good teams communicate well and set up well, and you know some don't. I, I just reckon Durden didn't realise. There was 50 seconds left. He might have thought three minutes. But I want to talk about his decision with the ball, right? So he gets the ball 60 metres out. Um, and if you can remember the play, or I'll talk you through it, they've got two big key forwards, Harry McKay, Charlie Kerno, the last two Coleman medals. So they can play, can kick goals. He actually had both of them in his sights. So he had Harry McKay short, who was doing double back leads. He was going up, down, up, down. He was trying to get the little short one, maybe 20 metres in front of him, and he would have kicked from 45 out, right? He scores. Well, yep, you correct. think he scores. But as a player, they the Carlton trained this system, and I've seen it happen many times this year, where they do a kick into the pocket where you have to kick the ball as a player before your forward moves. It's like a, there's not enough room to a big leading player that you kick it out in front and it's a nice mark out in the lead. It's an, an, an anticipation kick. So he looks. Is that a risky kick then? No, because it's planned. It's 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 they 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 would train it. They would train it weekly. Well, but well then in that situation, do you hold a finger up or something up to, to indicate what's happening? This is about that connection with the forward and midfield group, which every team talks about. If it's not going well, it means you don't score. It means the opposition. So Charlie Kerno and Durden, they think they're on the same page, but they're not. Charlie Kerno thinks it's going to the top of the square. Durden thinks it's that anticipation kick to the pocket. And as the backman, Jeremy Howe, you're just you're just standing between your player and the ball, and you're watching player ball, player ball. At the right time, Jeremy Howe looks at the ball carrier, sees the ball, plays the ball. Whereas Carlton are trying to do what they've been trained to do all year, which is connect with the forward. That's what you're trying to do. 
look, but I, go, know, but I know it does. I know it doesn't look. I know it doesn't look good. And the kick to the top of the square is the right option. Yep. But he made the wrong decision, and he he thought that they that they were doing their set play. I've seen it happen multiple times this year, and they just weren't on the same page. Mm. And and it's one moment in a game. There was plenty of moments before it's that. It's amplified, yep. Correct, right? And 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 we all see fifty seconds on the clock. Why didn't you to the? Why didn't you just try and kick a kick a point? You just need a draw. You're just not thinking of that as a player. And, and aren't my, you? When, when you've got the footy, don't you feel like okay? Not long left. We only need to score. To, or is it just does? You don't get that sort of. I think concept. I, th- I think with ninety thousand, with the pressure of win this, play finals, lose this, don't. I think there's enough going on to Let say. Let me ask you this. Sorry. Yeah. No, if good. Scotty Pendlebury has the footy in that situation, yep. he's thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It just. Yeah. Players. So, some players do. And and that connection works. He's smart enough to change his kick as he's dropping the ball. You know, he's, he's got the t- seriously like yeah, he, yeah. you've seen him do it before. He's he's almost looking at the player as he's about to kick, and he can. Where Durden's not that player. Like no. Durden's a small forward, hasn't been in the game long. It's a big moment, and and he let himself down. But that's not why they lost the game either. You know, Carlton Carl kicked incredibly inaccurately. They had multiple chances to put Collingwood away, and Collingwood, like they've done all year, stay in the game. Found and, a way. Yeah, found a way. So it was a good. It was a good moment. It's a good moment to dissect as it's well. It's a great game. Well, you described it really well for for those that haven't you know been out there and, and seen the set plays unfold. Charlie Curnow gets the Coleman Medal. Uh, Patrick Cripps, if he doesn't get, well, they lose the. Game. Game, but surely he wins the three Brownlow votes, doesn't he? He had he had he had a uh, personal best uh, contested possession. Twenty seven. Oh, is that right? Twenty seven. Yeah, that right? probably. He's in the he, high twenties. Yeah, and and he's never done better. He was a complete bull. Like they 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 almost had to put someone to him. But when the well, players, Maynard sort of tried to go and, and shut him down in the back end of that. But when a player half. like that doing that, it doesn't matter if he's got a player on him or not. He was he, just yeah. Oh. Yeah, he was outstanding. He tried to wheel the boys over the line and they don't get it done. Adam Chira was really good in the second half. In fact, yeah. the, the Blues, their third quarter, I mean, eight goals, shows you if you're looking for positives of Carl, as Carlton supporters, they can play 40 when they're up and running. It just it just felt like the first half they were tentative. They were not uh, allowing themselves to express themselves. But, yeah, and in the last term, it felt like they, they sort of they tightened up. It's an experience, a very good Gut-wrenching experience for Carlton. No Walsh, no Hewitt as well. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I don't know if that changes anything, but uh, it was a close game. Carlton fans will be waking up. Just <laughs> What are Collingwood supporters? They get the double. They get A, they beat Carlton by a point, yes. and B, they, they knock Mate, Carlton no, out of the finals. These sort of like games will be for years folklore mm. like, and, and, and you'll never stop talking about it where you were at the MCG there's 90,000 people in Melbourne saying I was sitting here when this happened when Jamie Elliott the knife does it again oh no does it again uh, uh, unbelievable who do we both pick by the way uh, we pick. both pick Carlton hoping and you know what we we're yes. not far off <laughs> <laughs> very good last game of the round Sydney defeats and killed by 14 points this ended up being closer than I thought it would be um, there was a couple of moments late uh, uh, Wilkie or uh, someone had on on the line went the fist instead of the hand and and that just missed pass and Sydney kicked a goal Sydney kicked a couple of late goals St Kilda had all the momentum and I thought Fremantle like Fremantle's a chance here Fremantle is still a chance which not many people thought they would be St Kilda really took it up to Sydney but Sydney get the job done similar to Fremantle uh, St Kilda's not a good side um, yeah, they're still challenging for top eight you know just. Sydney still had to get the wind up, and they did, and they were impressive in stages 
you know, for a, for a game away from home as well, and they finish in the top four. Yeah, Dan Hanbury, former Swan, finishes his career at St Kilda. He was very good. Yeah, interesting that he's pulled the pin. He just got back from a long term injury, so he just forced. Forced, maybe, yeah, either way. Um, his career's over. Row Bottom was great for uh, the Swans. 30 touches, seven tackles, seven clearances. Uh, now, Max King, oh, no. five behinds last week, five <laughs> goals this week. Uh, isn't it funny how he couldn't miss? He couldn't miss. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but I guess the big concern, just in brief, uh, Tom Papley, concussion. Now, if Sydney were playing a Thursday night final on Thursday which week. Which they're not. Which they're not. Yes. They're playing Friday. But Thursday is 11 days from yesterday, which means that he wouldn't have been able to play in that final against Melbourne. Because it's a obviously you need 12 days, they're playing Friday night. He is eligible wow. for concussion to play. Wow. That, that's actually that's – a, that's a big for them because he, he plays this role. He's a small forward. He's the agitator. He's, but, but he's a good player. And uh, you get to the feet of Feisty McDonald and, yeah. and Franklin and you can see he's an energy guy. You know, when he does something well, the boys get around him. Um, so there you go. Season done and dusted. Round 23 in the books. We know what finals looks like. It's been fun here on the Shelter Footy Cast. I am here to say this will continue going. We're going to go through finals, but we're going after finals as well. This is an all-year-round all, all year round thing. Skeet will be over in Leggy and speaking to Larry at some stage, so he'll go off and have a bit of a holiday, make sure our merch is all sorted out over there. Um, but we'll have new hosts coming in and out. Simon Beaumont from 6PR will be sitting in this seat uh, next week as I just, um, again, just make sure we've got everything sorted over in the European continent. So I'm going to Leggy in. You're going to uh, Laguana or somewhere, right? <laughs> Belgium, oh. Amsterdam. Oh. Hey, Backchat will be covering from there. Um, you're welcome to dial in from just here in Backchat Studios. Uh, we do have to do the Shelter XPA X Factor of the week. Can't give it to a West Coast player. Uh, they've had a few actually over the last few. Michael Walters in his 200th game, um, three goals. He's been a great player for a long time and he stepped up when it counted. He did and he needed to uh, to show some of his uh, craftiness, didn't he, against the Giants. Uh, 200 games. He's been interesting to see where you put him on the, the list of, of all-time great Fremantle players. You've obviously got, uh, you know, Pavlich, Fife, Mundy's your top three. Um, but is he top ten? Yeah. Most likely. Yeah, I'd say oh, he's definitely in there. You know, they did the uh, 25 of 25. He'd, yep. he'd be in that. Um, in terms of small forwards go, that there would be, a, you know, Ballantyne. Uh, Jeffrey Farmer played there for a while. But I think I think Mickey Walters would probably be in front of both of those guys in yeah. terms of games played and goals kicked and moments had. So it's good to see him go well. Grew up with Nick Nananui, of course. That's why when you see the, the M, it's not for Michael Walters, it's for Midland. <laughs> when his, his celebration was mid, it's Midland related, nothing to do with uh, that's a sponsorship right. or his name. But that's re- we love that. remembering his uh, roots. So well done, son, son. And uh, hope you enjoy the beer, which you won't get to drink for maybe three, four weeks. Uh, yeah, correct. Or five. Hopefully five. Flag Mantle, you know what to do. If you're watching Flag Mantle, Michael Walters, you know what to do. Uh, if you have any regional footy stories, if you have any stories of footy across the weekend, you can get them into us, footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. Follow us on socials, Shelter Footycast. Mark Reddings, I leave this show in your very capable hands. Um, socials, YouTube, podcast. <laughs> I'll be in Europe. <laughs> Make sure you don't stuff it up, mate. Social media, yeah, good to, for me to be left with that. Uh, but Simon Bowman will join me on Thursday. Uh, safe travels to you and Dan, and uh, hopefully you uh, get some great content. Stay safe, and please don't let me hear. But first tonight, West Coast Eagles Premiership player Will Schofield is behind bars in a Belgium jail. <laughs> Arrested for... 
disorderly conduct found naked <laughs> on a motorbike. <laughs> shelter footy. <laughs> and wearing a shelter t-shirt. <laughs> See you later. See you next week.